Mike, I think I owe you an apology. Hmm. What for? I didn't get you anything for Decimal Day, and now we're several days late celebrating it. That's all right. I know that you Americans, you don't get to celebrate all the good holidays like we do. Yeah, why don't we get Boxing Day? You're not really missing much, to be honest. It's just a thing that exists that collectively nobody can come up with a reason why it's called that. Um, have we done Boxing Day? No, but we need on to. This show? Well, we're going to have to wait a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I would tell you straight up, there are a bunch of reasons that people think it is and none of them are proven. There you go. That's, we did a mini Boxing Day episode of Ungenius inside of Decimal Day. So uh, what, what's up with Decimal Day? All right. So Decimal Day took place 50 years ago on February 15th, 1971. And yes, I can't believe that the 70s is five decades ago. While I wasn't born in the 70s, just that fact, it still makes me feel old anyway. Mm -hmm. Same. So before this fateful day, the British pound was made up of, now bear with me here, all right? So the pound, as we know, the one pound was made up of 20 shillings. Each shilling was worth 12 pence, meaning the British pound was actually worth 240 pence. The fact that that's confusing says everything you need to know about why this had to take place. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was fine when things were cheaper. Yeah. But as things became more expensive, things started to get a bit wonky. So on Decimal Day, the pound kept its old value and name, but the other monetary units were all changed. The shilling was abolished, and the pound was divided into a more sane hundred new pence. This brought the pound more in line with our monetary systems, including with the U.S., which adopted a decimal system. USA, si- USA, USA. Which adopted a decimal system with the Coinage Act of 1792, followed by France three years later. However, the concept was seen in Europe before this and in China, dating back some 2,000 years. Before successfully making this transition, there had been a few efforts to, quote, decimalize the British monetary system. Decimalized sounds like something that a supervillain would do to you. I don't want to be decimalized. I'm the decimalizer. (laughs) (laughs) I'll decimalize everyone you love. And I'm going to take over the world. (laughs) So uh, one attempt to decimalize the British monetary system uh, took place in 1824, led by Sir John Rottersley, but it didn't go anywhere. In 1849, the government introduced a coin named the Florin, which was worth two shillings, or one-tenth of a pound, followed in 1887 by the double Florin, but it remained (laughs) in mint production for just four years. Those two coins were issued for a couple of reasons. In 1841, a group named the Decimal Association, I'm sure they were an exciting bunch, they formed to lobby Parliament to decimalize the United Kingdom's money. This caught traction with the public after the Great Exhibition in 1851 opened many people's eyes to the importance of international trade. If you want to learn more about the Great Exhibition and the unique building that it was housed in, uh, check out episode 86 of Ungenius. Despite public interest, in 1859, a report entitled The Royal Commission on Decimal Coinage came out against the idea, saying that the upsides of a decimal-based system were too few to undergo the change. 1875 is an important year in this story, as that year the Mita Convention was signed in Paris, creating the International Bureau of Weights and Measures, which creates and manages the standards that define the metric system, among many other things. I think they're the people responsible for the kilogram, right? Like yes. the physical yep. kilogram. Mm-hmm. That was in the news a few years ago. Because it changed. 
A few more ideas were floated over the coming years. In 1920, the Royal Commission on Decimal Coinage was back in action. (laughs) Can't keep those guys down. Can't can't keep a good commission (laughs) on decimal coinage down, as the saying goes. As the saying goes. (laughs) Uh, They said that the only feasible scheme was to divide the pound into 1,000 mils, an idea first floated some 96 years earlier. But like they had said back in 1859, the challenges of introducing a new monetary unit really wasn't worth the benefits of a simpler system. A thousand is too many. Way too many. The group wasn't in agreement, though. Four members said that the disruption will be worthwhile, and another three members recommended that the pound should be replaced by the royal, consisting of 100 half pennies, with there being 4.8 royals to the former pound. I don't know why it feels like it's such an like the, the way that it ended up feels like it was such an obvious approach. I don't yeah. understand why there are all these completely unobvious yeah. approaches. It's super easy to divide into 4.8. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Things got serious for decimalization in the 1960s, but more on that after this break. This episode is brought to you by Inside the Breakthrough, a new history of science podcast full of did you know stuff. Like, did you know that Henry Ford and Thomas Edison were actually good buddies and worked together on an electric car? Yes, an electric car. Still failed, of course. Uh, If you are a person who likes Did You Know Like shows, which I'm sure you do because you're listening to this one, Inside the Breakthrough is the show for you. It explores the ideas of eureka moments. It's it's historical wisdom mixed with modern insight. It's a history show and a science show, but with some comedy thrown in there too. Host Dan Riskin... He is a comedy person. He has appeared on Craig Craig Ferguson's Late Show, for example. If you're intrigued by science and discovery, or maybe just want to have some fun new stuff to talk about over dinner, this is the show for you. Maybe you want to know, can you prevent polio by cleaning streets? Does snake oil actually contain snakes? And who brought the first elephant to England? On the surface, this show is a collection of fun, entertaining, and surprising stories from the history of science, but Dan Riskin digs deeper and connects those old stories to what modern-day medical researchers are facing as well. I really love this show. It's very fun to listen to, as well as having great information too. You know, kind of like this show, so you should check it out. Search for Inside the Breakthrough anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'll include a link in the show notes too. Our thanks to Inside the Breakthrough for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. In 1961, the Committee of the Inquiry on Decimal Currency was formed... So non-committal, right? Mm. We're a committee for inquiry. (laughs) We will be the committee that decides if there's going to be an inquiry. Pretty much. Then there'll be an inquiry committee. That's right. So this group was formed to study the issue after South Africa made the change to a decimalized currency. When the results supporting this change were announced in 1966, the Decimal Currency Board was created, to your point a second ago, Mm -hmm. to manage a transition with Parliament approving the plan three years later in May 1969. Consideration was given to introducing a new major unit of currency worth 10 shillings in the old currency. Suggested names included New Pound. I guess it's kind of like New Coke, right? No one would really like it. Yeah, that one well. Uh, The Royal was included (laughs) and the Noble as well, but it was decided that the Pound would remain untouched in the transition. This was not an overnight thing. It started with a slow rollout of new pennies worth one one-hundredth of a pound, so the same way that our pennies are worth one one-hundredth of a dollar, with five pence and ten pence coins coming later in April of 1968, followed by the 50 pence coin in the fall of 1969. 
The idea here was to reduce the number of coins that would have to be in circulation for the official cutover. You wanted these things out in the world before the official date. It's smart, and it also stops like a lot of pressure on banks and stuff with people trying to change over money. Yeah, um, like this has actually remained like as new notes and stuff have been brought in here, and even like new things come into circulation. It happens slowly, so mm-hmm. clearly the royal mint learned something and then stuck with it. Uh, as the new coins appeared, the old currency began to disappear. The ten shilling note was withdrawn in the fall of 1970 after the old half penny and half crown, which was worth one eighth of a pound. <laughs> They were removed. I have no idea how people functioned under the old system. I mean, this isn't getting into, like, my grandparents, you know, they were very familiar with this. My mom a little bit, but my grandparents especially. And there were also, like, all these colloquialisms. Like, one of them was called a bit, and one of them was called a bob. And you'd be, like, thrupney bit and two bob. It was madness, Stephen. Like, just the words, it sounds like people were talking another language when they hear people talking about old money. (laughs) A huge public education plan took place with special music and five-minute BBC programs all designed to familiarize people with the new system. One notable example of this came from ITV, which repeatedly broadcast a short drama called Granny Gets the Point, (laughs) in which an elderly woman who does not understand the new system is taught to use it by her grandson. Unbelievably, there is a link in the show notes to the full version of Granny Gets the Point, so you can go and watch it for yourself. It's obviously amazing, right? Everything about this. Yeah. It's a drama is amazing. The name is amazing. You can go watch it. I watched all of it the other night. I won't lie. Of course you did. Finally, Decimal Day arrived. Banks were closed from February 10th to the 15th to allow all pending transactions to complete. Then all accounts were converted before reopening, and because this is 50 years ago, a lot of this work had to be done by hand, which I'm sure was just a lot of fun. I can imagine there was a lot of machinery changeover and stuff too, right? For like counting machines and all the coins. Oh yeah, Uh, this had to be a massive operation. Many items were priced in both currencies for some time before and after the change. So prior to Decimal Day, items would be priced in, say, currencies, but the, the two representations of the pound. Right. So you would have the pre-decimalized currency and the decimal currency. Um, and that would be before Decimal Day. There was The pre-decimalized currency was the main one. And then in parentheses is the decimal currency, right? So it's like trying to introduce you to it. After decimal day, this was reversed. So the main currency you'd see, the main price you'd see was in decimal, and you would also see the old version too. That's so smart. Mm-hmm. It's well done. This kind of reminds me of the episode we did on Dog and H, the day when Sweden switched from driving on the left-hand side of the road to the right. There's been a lot of crossover in this episode. There really has been. Uh, Like Dog and H, Decimal Day went smoothly. Some criticized design choices for new coins. That's nothing. Uh, Some said that shopkeepers used the switch as an excuse to raise prices, which sounds like a very good conspiracy theory, uh, which was proven untrue when researched. I guess that's another reason you want both on the label for a little while to kind of root that stuff out. But in addition to getting people used to kind of mentally figuring it out, the, the differences. Let's get back to the coins themselves. The three that had been introduced before Decimal Day were then joined by the new half penny, a new penny, and two pence coins. And by August of 1971, just six months after Decimal Day, all old currency had been pulled from official circulation. And 
all pre-decimal coins, except for certain non-circulating coins. Like we mentioned some of those that had short runs or had been canceled previously. They were excluded from demonetization, but they are now no longer legal tender. So they're just collector's items. The government intended that in speech, the new units would be called new pence. However, the British public began to refer to them as pennies and P. So we say like 10 P instead of like 10 new pence or 10 Mm -hmm. pence. It's a very normal way of saying things here. Better than bits and bobs. Yeah, (laughs) definitely better than that. Uh, And I have realized before bits and bobs that they were. Anyway, I never put that together in my brain. Another reason this went smoothly was the relative ease in which the two systems could be converted by simply doubling the number of new pence and placing a slash between the digits. So 17 pence multiplied by two is 34, which is approximately equal to three and four, which is three shillings and four pence. And there was a similar conversion the other way. I reckon this was just purely accidental, uh, but fantastic that it worked out that way. <laughs> I'm sure it was accidental. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Look what we stumbled into. And I'm sure after a couple of years, everyone just got used to this and, mm-hmm. you know, life moved on. I think it was really well done, it seems like. Yeah, I think it was easier, less coins needed for transactions. You know, like it, as, as, a, as the inflation was, you know, was increasing and all that kind of stuff, it just I think just became more and more and more difficult to manage the very many different types of coins and notes we had here, and the decimalization definitely helped with that. Our thanks to Matthew for sending this in. Hopefully we did you proud. If you want to read a lot about Decimal Day and some of the various monetary units we spoke about, head on over to the website. This week, the show notes are at relay.fm slash ungenius slash one, two, three. That's a fun one. Hey, Episode 123. While you're there, you can send us an email with your favorite weird topic on Wikipedia, and we'll put it on the list. You can also submit topics online. Over on Twitter, the show is at Ungeniused. You can find Mike there as I-M-Y-K-E, and you can follow me there as I-S-M-H. Until next time we change the monetary system, Mike, say goodbye. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.